0: hello everyone and welcome back to courage in action many of us have or currently feel intimidated nervous or scared by our financial standing and how we can manage them today i am thrilled to be joined by stephanie kotsopoulos as a partner at basis wealth inc stephanie helps clients make strategic practical moves to help them achieve their long-term life goals she's passionate about supporting her clients through planning that reflects their personal needs and values. Married with two daughters, Stephanie is also actively involved in her local community, currently serving as an executive with the 100 Women Who Care, Markham, and as a board member for the Canadian Association of Women Executives and Entrepreneurs. She was most recently nominated for the RBC Canadian Women Entrepreneur Award. I can't wait to hear her advice for us, so let's get into it. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So we're here today to talk about uh, managing our finances as a form of self-care, particularly for women. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about that and um, your perspective on how women should really lean into managing and understanding their
1: finances? Absolutely. I think it's so important because I think that if, you know, we feel in control of a certain area of our life, it helps bring a lot of peace and calm. And I say control loosely in terms of, you know, we have an idea of why we're doing what we're doing. Things don't seem chaotic or out of control. So I think when you can have an understanding of your finances, you can understand what is income is coming in, what expenses are going out and what you're doing with your money. I think it gives you a sense of direction. Are you looking to meet a certain goal? And each month, are you able to take steps to achieving that? Or in terms of a long-term goal as well. So let's say it's travel, paying down debt, whatever it might be, if you kind of are able to see, okay, this is the steps I'm doing today, but it will help me achieve that into the future, it just brings a sense of calm and you know, it's just very motivating. So I think it will, you know, I I laugh that sometimes as women, we're kind of like computers with too many tabs open. And so sometimes. if you can close that tab, then you have more space to, you know, do other things. So I think it's such an important component of our lives.
0: Amazing. And so that can be pretty intimidating to women, uh, in particular, sometimes some of us not being raised to think about things that way and others of us very much so. So yeah. there's a bit of a mix. But if if you're in a situation where, you know, life is being particularly challenging as life can be sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you don't have much and you don't have a lot of knowledge around how to do anything,
1: what's kind of the first step?
0: that we can take?
1: That's such a great question. I think the first step to be honest is to take a look at everything. So as opposed to kind of hiding from things to take Mm. a moment and say, okay, you know, where is everything in terms of my finances, right? So, you know, we provide clients with what we call a budget form. I feel like budget can have a negative connotation. So think of it more like a plan, whether it's a spreadsheet or you write it out or there's lots of different apps but just getting a bird's eye view of exactly what your financial situation is, I think is the first step. And for many of you know, many people it can be emotional or stressful. So if you are feeling that before you even come to that point, my recommendation is always to make sure that you book something right afterwards. That's positive. So Mm. if it's almost like a reward, so, you know, whatever that might be for you going for a walk, getting a coffee, whatever it might be. So say, you know, I'm going to take a moment to look at everything And then once I've done that, I'm going to go do something positive, get myself, you know, back to a better emotional state, and then I can kind of step back. But I think the biggest thing is being able to see the big picture first. And then once you actually know what those numbers are, you know, then you're able to, that really tells a story to say, okay, you know, this is where everything's at. What am I trying to achieve? And am I doing that with what I'm doing currently? Or are there things that I could tweak a little? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe something simple as, you know, you're getting coffee or buying lunch every single day, which is not in itself a bad thing, but if you feel that at the end of the month, you know, I'd like to have a little bit less extra, or I'm trying to pay maybe down some debt or do more savings, maybe you can change that and maybe do that once a week. And it's not that you're trying to restrict yourself. It's just making choices on how to use your money in a better way. Got it. And so if you're looking
0: at your situation at a very high level, when you think about looking at everything, that can be pretty overwhelming. Like, where where do I look? But essentially you're looking at how much money is coming in and and what are your expenses? How much is going out? Balance. Now you can do something with that balance. So I guess a two-part question. If you have a positive balance, how do you start to decide what to do with that? And if you have a negative balance, what do you do to get yourself out of that situation.
1: <laughs> that's a great question. So, I mean, if you're in the situation that you do have a positive balance, that's great. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, what we would then say is, okay, what are the priorities? What are the goals? You know, one of the financial principles I believe really strongly in is paying yourself first, is what we call it. So, making right. sure that every month you try to take a certain percentage of what you make and just make sure it gets saved. Whether you set up a preauthorized debit coming out of your account. Um, whether it's coming into you know a savings account, investment account, just making sure that you have something that comes out each month that you're saving for you. And we found too, that if you're doing that in a way that's what we call pre-authorized, so you don't have to think about it, right? It just comes out of your bank account each month, then you don't have to think about it and you just kind of live around it. And it becomes a habit, similar to how brushing your teeth, right? Our parents mm-hmm. are us brush your teeth this many times a day, and you just do yeah. it without thinking. You know, being able to help teach yourself to pay yourself first and invest in you, um, you know, is a great way to to set the first start. Um, and then from there, um, you know, we can look at it from what are you looking to save for and from there. But I think if we're just talking about the, you know, just high level, just first start with what is a portion of that can I start saving, whether it's 5%, 10% you know, give yourself a couple of months of doing that, see how you feel, if you're comfortable, and then you can always adjust that. On the flip side, if you're finding that you're coming out at the end of the month and there isn't anything, then again, that's kind of time to take a deeper dive into your finances, right? So into your expenses. If you're not able to adjust the income that's coming in, you know, we can some, to an extent, control, you know, the expenses that we have. Now, given, you know, also right now, between inflation, cost of living, you know, it is tight for many Canadians. So I think, first of all, give yourself grace and know that it is a unique time where groceries are astronomically expensive, gas prices, right? There's so many different variables. So there is that. But Mm -hmm. I'm taking a deeper dive, as I said. So, you know, where are you going to shop for your groceries? What are those expenses? Are there things that you can tweak a little bit, um, making yourself lunch, just basic, you know, changes that could free up a bit more cash flow. What subscriptions do you have? So yes. kind of taking a big look. But I think the important thing is, you know, when you're trying to work towards a goal, it helps to make these changes. If you're just making the changes because you think you need to make them, typically it's kind of like you know, you're not going to follow through on it. It's kind of like a habit, right? It needs to be yeah. something- Yeah, kind, kind of like shooting in the dark. You're this kind of work, like, okay, that. well, I want $5 yeah. extra a month. That doesn't really yeah. make a difference, but it's, you know what? I want to either, you know, save towards X. So if I do this now, you know, mm-hmm. in you know, how many months I'll have saved X amount, it just seems much more doable and more rewarding and you're more motivated to do it. So it sounds like
0: planning your finances and managing your finances even is a very sort of, personal journey based on everything that's going on in your life, personally, what brings you joy, what you need in nice. your own life. So how do you help your clients navigate that when they're potentially in crisis and uh, it's really hard to get that quiet space and grace to yeah, understand I mean, where you need to go in the future?
1: That's such a good question. I think the first thing you know that is important is to be kind to yourself. And to give yourself that grace and just say, you know what, this is where things are at right now, and you're doing the best that you can do in this situation. So I think absolutely working with a trusted advisor, um, you know, someone that can be empathetic, that can have a listening ear and say, okay, you know, what is the goal from, let's say, this call today? It's just to organize one side of it. Or is it, you know, that you need to have a better idea of these specific bills? Or, whatever that might be, is the most important thing and the most stressful piece. And then, if you can Mm -hmm. kind of start working on those pieces and then working it through slowly, it doesn't have to be right away. But I think starting, you know, it's that whole like if you're going to climb a hill, you have to just take one or two steps. And Mm -hmm. so, it's also each day you do one thing, or once a week you do one part of it. But I think. Showing yourself grace and being kind and not trying to do everything at once. I think taking it in bite sized chunks is really helpful.
0: Got it. So it's interesting that, you know, we're starting to speak just generally more and more about relationship with money. Yes. Overall, what would you say is like women's biggest challenge in terms of building a strong relationship with, mm. with money and finances?
1: That's a good question. I think there's many facets to it. I think, you know, the way that we were raised, um, Mm -hmm. whether our parents, how they spoke about money, um, what influenced them and influenced us in terms of looking at money. um, You know, I really feel that, you know, managing your money is 90% the emotion and 10% the actual numbers. So um, I think that knowing that it is something that we can have control over and understand, and it doesn't need to be you know, overly complicated. It it can be as complicated as you need it to be um, in terms of where you're at. And so just being able to know that you deserve and, you know, you have value and that being able to understand your finances and make sure that your money is working for you because you work so hard. I, I think that's just um, a basic human, right?
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Understanding that we deserve it. I think is a, a big challenge. Cause you hear a lot about women don't ask for what they're worth. We don't know our value. Yeah. So really starting to understand that you, you deserve the money that's coming to you You work really hard, um, for everything that you get. I think that yeah. that's actually a really important lesson for everyone to understand. Um, how did you, um, where, how did your journey go to get you to being a financial planner? What, uh, what triggered that
1: for you? You know what? For me, I really love working with people and I love planning. So um, Perfect. My, husband, <laughs> right? my husband laughs at me because he's like, you just love planning. You're planning. All yeah. the time. But yeah. I, I like being able to achieve a goal and I like being able to feel, you know, work alongside. So financial planning really helps to kind of mesh those two goals together. So I get to work with my clients for a long period of time. Um, And then we also develop this relationship where you get to see them, you know, help them accomplish those goals. So whether, you know, it's someone who's just coming to you starting out and they have school debt and they want to save towards getting, you know, a property or saving for retirement and you're able to help them to create those plans to help them achieve those goals. It's just it's so incredibly rewarding Um, Mm -hmm. and very passionate about working with women so that they feel and understand their finances and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and make, helping them feel more empowered to make better choices. And then also having that humanity piece of it. So one of my rules is, you know, if um, you get a refund at tax time, you need to use a portion mm. of it to buy yourself something, spend something for yourself. It doesn't treat yourself have to be yeah. all of it, but you need, there has to be that balance with working hard and then reward as well. So mm. um, I think that whole principle of balance is such a key piece as well for women because we're... I, I don't think we're i think we have high expectations to try to be balanced Definitely. um but i think you know taking that time as well to enjoy is so important
0: i think that's really important what you said about buy something for yourself because a lot of women will buy for others do for yeah. others family children friends whoever and that's wonderful to be able to do that um but so critically important that you care for yourself and have kindness to yourself. And if you do get a little bit of extra money, it doesn't have to be a lot, a big yeah. thing. Go out and get yourself, you know, a cookie that you really love. So that's a I'm a cookie, doctor, you know. Right. So it's like yeah. go
1: get your fancy coffee, right? And enjoy. Yeah. it. And yes. Yeah. And that's a good reflection. Sit down and- by yourself and sip on that thing yeah. <laughs> and enjoy it. Right. Exactly. Right. It's the yeah. simple things in life I think that are so important. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And that like all of the conversation that we're having around money right now is just reflecting back on what your life overall should be, talking about that balance, work and play and, you know, caring for others, but caring for yourself first, it all sort of um, aligns as uh, very symbiotic. So we all go through many transitions in life. And as humans, we've sort of bucketed that into decades So what would you say is critical for women in their twenties versus thirties, forties and fifties
1: after? Oh, that's such a great question. I love it. (laughs) Um, I think twenties, you know, is getting into good habits, uh, depending on where you're at, if you're finishing school or in the middle of school, um, you know, just getting in good habits of being aware of your finances. Um, okay. you know, if you're obviously, you know, taking on student debt to get through school. I was going to have- say
0: debt is yeah. normally a big issue at that time. Right? Yeah. I mean,
1: it's, it's a means to an end, as long as it's what we could consider good debt. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I think, but I think in that time, you know, it's important to also have an awareness too. So even though there is that debt, but be aware of what it is so that, you know, that you, it's not kind of like, oh, it's something there that I'm trying to like avoid. No, it's there. It's going right.
0: to get acknowledge off. it acknowledge Mm -hmm. it
1: right and don't like acceptance it's like kind of right that it's there yeah Yeah. and I think if there are any ways that at that point too you are able to get into a habit of saving even if it's just a small amount it gets Mm -hmm. that habit so I think that's really important um in your 30s I mean typically you're more in your career you know you're um trying to build towards many different things. So I think, and that's, you know, that's hopefully you're building on those current habits that you had. Hopefully, you know, you're able to pay down more of your debt. You're mm-hmm. making sure that you're using your RSPs, um, because that can be a great way to save for a down payment on a home. Um, it helps you at tax time. So making sure that you're consistently, you know, saving into what we call like that bucket, right? So your RSP right. bucket, um, and then, if there's mm-hmm. other things that you can as well, um, at that point, it, that's really a building phase, right? So, um, trying to save as much as you can. And then, I would say between the 30s and 40s, it really depends on your situation as well, personally. So sure. if someone, you know, has, you know, a spouse or a partner and kids, you know, when you're in your 30s, you're probably not saving very much at this point, because <laughs> everything is expensive, right? Yeah. Um, so but again, I think it comes back to that, having an awareness of where everything is. So you're doing your best, you're still have a lot of expenses, you know, it won't be forever. But having that awareness of, you know, I'm still, these are my goals, and this is what I'm trying to achieve, but giving yourself that balance as well. Um, And then, you know, in 40s and 50s, depending on where you are in your financial situation, hopefully you have more income earning potential by that point in your career, and so that you're able to save a lot more. So. Potentially, you've already maybe purchased a property or you if you have decided not to purchase, you know, a condo or a home, then you're renting, then you have an idea of what your fixed costs are. So those are some great years to just try to continue to save um, and invest as much as you can. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it's more of a case-by-case basis, to be honest, right? It depends Absolutely, on the yeah. Situation. I was
0: um, very much generalizing the buckets yeah, there. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, exactly. But I think, I think, you know, the overarching picture really is just to have an idea and check in with your finances, right? And just to say, okay, am I, are the actions I'm doing right now going to help me in what I want to accomplish and where I want to be? So one of the things that I really love doing with clients is saying, you know, if we had this conversation 10 years from now, what mm. would you like your life to look like? And yeah, so yeah. then you can sit back and say, oh, okay, well, this is kind of what I would like. And okay, well, that's great. So what can we do now to help you achieve that just like if you were going on a vacation or a trip, you know where you're going, how long you're gonna go, you know what we're gonna wear, right how much is yeah. gonna cost yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so that helps you make have, have a successful trip. So it's you know have planning for your finances is very similar to that.
0: I love that because it's similar to I've heard people say before write the headline that you want to see yes you know for your yeah. life and mm-hmm. and sort of having that future vision and then breaking it down into the pieces. And how you get there? Yes. Financial planning, life planning, <laughs> running I'm telling parallel. Ninety percent emotion,
1: ten percent the numbers.
0: There you go. You. Um, I guess speaking a little bit more about the more well, the numbers side, you mentioned good debt versus bad debt. Can you explain that a little bit so people can understand?
1: Yeah. So I think you know, is the debt investing in you is kind of the easy way to think about it, right? So student debt, if you are in school and you're getting an education, obviously that um, will be considered good debt. The debt, because your end goal is for you to pay it off. Um, If you're looking at getting, you know, real estate. um, So whether it's a condo, um, home, whatever that property is, that's going to build that equity for you. Um, Credit card debt, other types of debt. That's not what we would consider, you know, to be to be good debt because high interest rates. And, you know, it's it's they're difficult to pay down if you get caught into them for a long period of time so um I think thinking about the areas that are going to help you think of your money you know I always like to think of your money like little people and are they (laughs) is it working for you or is it not working for you right so when you think of good debt it's money that's working for you it's towards something um Mm -hmm. it's just it's not yes
0: yeah and that bad debt is very much sort of um, led by living beyond your means and I think in the world today we feel a lot of pressure and a lot of comparison going on yeah. And you yeah. talk about the 90% emotional side how do you help clients battle that sort of comparison and I need to keep this image up even after whatever transition I'm going through or whatever challenge I'm facing in life.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think, you know what, I think it's being honest with yourself Mm -hmm. and again, it's taking that step back to say, you know, the thing that I'm doing now, yes, maybe this, it's important to me to do X, but what will be the fallout from that? And, Mm. you know, who am I comparing myself to and what are my ultimate goals and is what I'm doing today going to help me get there? Um, I think social media is really difficult because it makes everything so glossy and pretty and everyone seems to be doing everything, which it's not true. Not true at all. But it still looks like that. And so I think honestly, I talk a lot to clients about going back to the basic principles of life, right? It's doing the small things today that will affect and change everything for you in your future and being consistent. So consistently saving, you know, being Mm -hmm. responsible and, you know, that is a life skill and a life lesson I think with social media and everything it just seems like every, we all want everything right now it's like the microwave right push the button yes. give it to me yes I want the promotion I want the investments I want all the savings when really the life lesson is no no you have to start saving and you have to do the things now do the disciplines yeah. now to get you yeah. to go so we talk a lot about that um I think sometimes it's also great to talk to other people who have you know been able to achieve that. So, you know, when I'm talking to some clients and I'll say, you know, this is another client that I worked with and they had this much school debt and we, you know, these are the things we put in place. And now, you know, say five, six years later, school debt's paid off. They were able to purchase a condo, you know, Uh all the things that, but it was hard work. And these are the ways that we did that consistently. And so I think being able to kind of talk that through and recognize, you know, where what things are difficult, but if it's worth it to you, you will make those changes.
0: So very often we also talk about um, risk appetite. Is it to- risk tolerance or risk yeah. risk tolerance, yeah. I believe. Um, Cause there's a lot out there we can invest our money in. A lot, so many different things going on, technologies that are um, advancing at rapid paces and only incrementally rapid cases, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then you've got sort of the RSPs, which are very safe and very, how does, how do we identify for ourselves? What's a, a good idea for us? And how do you identify what your risk tolerance is?
1: That's a great, great question. So um, when we work with clients, we have an investment questionnaire that we will always have them go through, and that okay. really is exactly to your point. So, what's the timeline of this investment specifically? So, let's say we're talking about an RSP, and you know you're you've already purchased a home, so this is purely retirement savings. So, you're not going to access it for you know at least twenty to thirty years. So, your timeline, your risk tolerance, and I always say to clients, it's it's your knee jerk reaction when you a- answer different questions on risk. So. You know, if this investment were to decrease by X amount, how do you feel? Mm. Because mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong. It's really very personal um, in terms of investing. Now, in terms of the quality of investments, you know, you want to have a fund company, an investment that has historical um, returns. So you, yeah. um, you want to do your research so that they are um, highly rated, that it's not something that is um, highly speculative. <laughs> That mm. has some backing. Um, so, you know, when we when I'm working with clients, we'll talk through different recommendations and and why we would recommend certain uh, investments over the others. Um, now, again, if a client, you know, is maximizing their RSPs, maximizing their tax free savings accounts, and they have some extra funds that they want to, we I call it play money. So whether you were to go to a casino, go shopping, or you want to play, right? That's We're not relying on those funds for retirement for any big savings. That's what we call play money if you're at that point, right? Yeah. But um, definitely something that um, you do your research on and is not highly speculative. So that mm-hmm. is that consistency and you know that it will um, provide you with the growth and the stability that you need. And, and it's important, right, to be able to have know that you have that growth that will um, continue to compound so that your money will do
0: what you're hoping it will
1: do. Absolutely. And that play money is your reward, right? It's
0: the, it's yeah. the fun side. Yeah. Um, as, as people are starting out and you mentioned the economy is incredibly challenging right now, yeah. as people are starting out, um, there may be a sort of uh, assumption that you need X thousands of dollars to get started in an investment. And in some cases, absolutely, there are minimums. But realistically, how much do you think you need to start investing?
1: I think really, I mean, standard, we would say like 10% but that whole pay yourself first. Maybe look at starting 10% of what you make, if that's possible. Um, So I think starting with a lower amount is always better because then you can see how it feels. And then you can increase yeah. it over time right. um, and, and then going from there, because it'll be amazing. You know, once you start getting into that habit of saving, it continues to grow. And so that would be my recommendation is, you know, don't start with a large, massive number because you won't be able to continue it. And if you're not able to continue with something, it makes you feel frustrated and like you failed. So start yes. smaller and then yeah. up as you need to, I think that's an important.
0: That's a minute. Are we done? Sorry. Here heard yes. someone in the hallway. Yes, I'm yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> um oh, dog. Okay. Oh. Thank you. So sorry. No, not at all. A dog barking in the hallway. Um crap, I had a question
1: in my head. <laughs> no worries, no worries.
0: Oh no, I remember. Yeah, actually, um, I love what you just said about try with a little piece and see how you feel. It, you didn't talk about how well it performs, what it returns. I asked you a very sort of numbers focused question and the answer is emotional. And I love that because I think people really need to understand that. How does it feel? Do you feel good having that control? and you will having that control over your money and and the importance of it's almost like playing I was going to say experimenting but it is a little bit of playing experimenting bringing back that sort of childhood curiosity would you say in terms of building financial
1: acumen it's also the practicality piece of it too right to say okay you know this is what I've done and how is this working for me You know, do I feel like I'm ready to take on more, less So, you know, a great example with this also is if a client of ours is looking to, let's say, purchase a larger home or jump, get into the market. So Mm -hmm. what we'll say is, okay, for the next three, four months, pretend that you already live there. So what will that mortgage or rent be? What will those expenses be? Oh,
0: practice it.
1: What will all of that be? And then do you feel like every month you're really stressed out or is it doable? And that's a great... Okay, this is a good move. So I think, you know, being able to have tools and strategies that help you um, to see whether those next steps work, that also can be, you know, such a great um, way to make you feel more in control of your finances.
0: And to, yeah, to build your confidence there. And that's almost creating a safe space for you to do it before you dive in, model it, yeah. practice it do it yeah. Yeah. and see how that feels yeah. at the end of the yeah. day yeah I love that yeah. I love that yeah um this has been an amazing conversation um what would you say are the top three things you want our listeners to take away from
1: today oh uh, that is a great question um I think the first thing as I mentioned before is you know be kind to yourself give yes. yourself grace we are in a very bizarre space right now with mm-hmm. you know cost of groceries living transportation yep. everything is just really really high and we've come off the pandemic where you know for the majority of people they were working from home wearing the same leggings every single day you yeah. know they weren't going out to eat they didn't have to get yeah. so there was for many not everyone more discretionary income Whereas sure. many now it's you know we have people have to go back into the offices, they have to wear pants with zippers, you know, we have to it's you know buy you know transportation, buy lunches, parking, yeah. gas, all exactly. Things. Yep. And all those expenses are now, and then on top of that, everything is that much more expensive. So yeah, it kind of was this, it's been colliding, you know or, you know, the average Canadian. So I think be kind to yourself, have, you know, grace to understand that it, it is, ex- everything is expensive right now. But I think the next piece is, you know, invest in yourself. You are your biggest asset. So if you can take the time to look over your finances and make sure that your money is working for you, you know, that gives you choice. And, you know, I think it's always better to be proactive than reactive. And if you can be proactive and look at these, you know, look at your finances, look at what's happening. Um, It'll help you have choice now and into the future, which I think is so important. Was that three? I don't know. I think those two
0: are actually fantastic. Be kind to yourself and remember to invest in yourself first. I think are very, very important lessons. And if our listeners wanted to contact you, can you tell us a little bit about your firm and how clients
1: find you? Absolutely. Um, so they can check out our website, uh, basiswealth.com. Uh, okay, we'll and, put that in the description uh, as well. Yeah. And <laughs> so uh, we are a financial planning firm. We work with many women and uh, if anyone is listening and has questions, they can always feel free to send an email, reach out, and we'd be happy to have an intro call. Um, just Amazing. To you the, yeah. your your just your finances and, and your goals and we'd be more than happy to connect.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. I hope, I know I'm more excited in, in terms of learning more about my own finances and that sort of thing. And I hope, and I know our listeners will be more excited about it now. And I hope you have sparked some confidence in them to dive in and have a look at what their picture looks like right now.
1: So, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.